Hello. Happy Monday. Hope your week is starting off great. Want to get right into it. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about spiritual disciplines today. Uh, Before we get there, we have been in a, a series called The Shepherd's Crook, The Comfort of Discipline. And that is about uh, the comfort that we find in the discipline that God brings to us, which is not about being punished or uh, anything harsh. It's about building our character. It's about us growing. It's about us learning. Right. So uh, that's the series we've been in. And on the backside of that, I want to talk about spiritual disciplines uh, again, because this is part of part of our life as Christians, right? So it is our responsibility to uh, dig into these disciplines and and exercise them, right? So uh, that's kind of how spiritual disciplines tie into this is uh, God brings discipline to us, right? And, and we know that it is a, a comfort for us because he loves us. It's not about punishment. It's not about um, wagging a finger at you. It's, about, again, about character development, about building you up, about uh, you being able to step in uh, more fully than what you did the day before. Right? So it's about growth. And so getting in and, and exercising some spiritual disciplines uh, brings you towards godliness. And that's uh, some of what we're going to look at today is is that uh so spiritual disciplines can be you know either personal or corporate and really we're going to focus on the personal side of that today but i wanted to to make sure that that you know that there is also a corporate aspect of that when we come together and pray or uh, worship or uh, come together in service whatever that looks like and and one other um aspect of spiritual disciplines is that these are activities. They're not attitudes, right? These are things that you, you do, right? You don't um, do attitudes. You have attitudes and, and, and positive attitudes can, can bring about uh, good fruit, but uh, things like prayer, worship, service, learning, so on. Uh, those are things that you do, right? They, those aren't attitudes. And the goal of practicing spiritual disciplines is being like Jesus, right? And being with Jesus. And that's the goal. That's, that's the purpose of, of practicing spiritual disciplines is we want to be like and be with Jesus, right? And so uh, you know what these things are, uh, you, you do them, and then you are uh, being like Jesus, right? So it, it's, it, it kind of follows that uh, no do be path, okay? So uh, to be more like Jesus, we need to practice uh, spiritual disciplines with the right motivation. And what I mean there is uh, right motivation is you're coming at it as a, as a lover of God, right? Not in the way that the Pharisees did. They thought if they just did these things uh, with, regardless of what their motivation was, if they just did these, they were, they were godly, right? They were, they were moving in godliness. And, and that just wasn't the case. We know that, 
right? Their motivation was to be seen. Their motivation was to have status or, or power, uh, whatever that was, but it wasn't connecting with God, right? So to be more like Jesus, we practice spiritual disciplines, but we do it with the right motivation, okay? So the goal is godliness, uh, but the biblical means uh, to that is to discipline yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit and rightly motivated, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, it's not a seamy motive. Its intention is to point to Jesus. That is absolutely correct. The intention has to be to point to Jesus, right? Because that's what we want to, to do. We want to be more like him. We want to be with him. We want to be able to mirror him to the rest of the world. All right. So spiritual disciplines, they're modeled in the Bible. And uh, if we don't make a distinction, we could call anything spiritual discipline, you know, um, like gardening or exercise or any pleasurable hobby. And this leaves us open to uh, in doing this, it, it leaves us open to saying what's best for our spiritual life rather than asking God what is best for our spiritual life, right? If he brings the comfort of discipline in, don't take that away from him by, by deciding that something else, some hobby over here is what you are going to call your, your spiritual discipline, right? He knows what is best for our life. So don't take that away from him. Don't, don't leave yourself open to saying what's best for you over what he is saying is best for you. Right. So again, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, there isn't a uh, catch all list in the Bible that says, okay, here are the, the spiritual disciplines, but you can, you can pick them out uh, throughout the Bible, especially when you dig into the gospels and look at Jesus's life, you can start to pick these things out prayer, worship, service, just to name a couple, right? So there isn't some catch-all list that you're going to find. And I'm not going to try to name them all. Uh, the point today is to get you to be looking at these things and be able to say, yes, I, I do want to do these things. I, I do want to get deeper into my relationship with Jesus. I do want to get deeper into godliness. I want to be more Christ-like. And so that's what, I, that's my goal today is to get you to want to do that. And so we're going to look at a, a couple of scriptures here and, and talk about that. And the first place I want to go is second uh, Timothy three uh, verses 16 and 17. And I want to read it out of a couple different translations because uh, I want to pull a couple of uh, specific things out. And the first one uh, I want to look at is the New American Standard uh, version. It's it typically is one of my favorites. I, I have uh, my New American Standard that I've been using for over 20 years now. Uh, that thing's been all around the world with me, uh, South Korea, all over the States, Europe, Iraq. So um, I, I've done a lot of studying out of that thing and I really like it. But in this instance, there is. Uh, the way it's phrased, I, I think, 
is insufficient. And we're going to look at that right now. So 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And here's the part I want you to pay attention to. It says, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I don't know about you, but when I get into a time of prayer or worship, uh, any any time where I am uh, connecting with the Father, I never walk away from that feeling simply adequate. I don't know about you. Do you ever walk away from those times and you just feel just feel adequate? Because if you are equipped for every good work, like it says right on the backside of that, I'm pretty sure you're going to feel more than adequate. You may feel scared about the call that's on your life. But that doesn't mean that you are simply adequate. Okay, so uh, let's look real quick at the New King James uh, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's more the sense of what I get when I walk out of encounter. Right? When, I, when I come out of encounter with Jesus, I feel complete thoroughly equipped. So that's that's more of of what I think about there. Yes, complete and equipped. Let's read it out of the message because I like the message too. It says there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. I just think that's a lot of fun. I love the way uh, the message is written because it it just brings uh, a different depth to it. It's the same with the passion. We're going to read that one next, but uh the message is just a lot of fun. Uh, it, it is a lot of fun to read uh, because it just gives you a, a completely different way to look at things. And so now let's look at the Passion Translation. It says, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant fully mature, and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. I absolutely love that. Uh, it talks about scripture being written by Holy Spirit, the very breath of God. Right? We, we talk about this all the time. Your words create worlds. You have the power of creativity in the very breath that comes out of you. The very words that you speak have creative power. That's because of the nature that you carry, because you were created in the image of God. And then it goes on, it says, it will empower you by its instruction and correction. See, instruction and correction 
aren't things to put you in your place. Instruction and correction, these are things that empower you, that empower you to go out and fulfill the call that God has given you. Empower you to go out and advance the kingdom. Instruction and correction. So the the correction that comes down from God, it's not meant to hold you down. It's not meant to punish you. It empowers you. It gives you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Wow. So instruction and correction give you strength as well. It empowers you. It gives you strength and it leads you deeper into the path of godliness. And that is one of the big things that I want you to make sure that you take hold of when you think about spiritual disciplines, right? The instruction that is going to come through those things, the correction that you'll find. It's empowering. It's strength giving, right? And it leads you deeper into godliness. It leads you deeper into being more like Jesus. It leads you deeper into being with Jesus. And how exciting is that? All right. When you think about spiritual disciplines, don't think about spiritual disciplines as a means to an end. Okay. These practices, like we just talked about, lead us deeper into the path of godliness, into being Christ-like. And and again, the Pharisees thought that simply practicing these made them godly. These, they lead you deeper into the path of godliness. They don't bring you to some magical, albeit mythical, place of arrival. Right. So spiritual disciplines are not a means to an end. They're a means to help you get deeper into that path of godliness. And I call it magical and mythical at the same time, because if you ever get to a point where you're like, oh, I've arrived. I don't need spiritual disciplines anymore. I've grown beyond that. You're setting yourself up for a fall. Right. Don't ever get to a place where if you ever find yourself at a place where you're you're kind of plateaued and you're thinking, yes, it is absolutely laughable to think that you've arrived. Right. This is a a, a plateau that people will get to. And they'll feel like, oh, things are leveling off. It's getting smooth. I must not need these things anymore. And that's a point where you're going to fall off and find that, wow, there there wasn't an arrival there. What there was was a need to turn back to Jesus because what what you're going to find is if you think you've arrived, you have taken your eyes off Jesus and you, you have turned and started to look at something else. And you need to get your focus back on him. Yes, there is no end in God. He is limitless. And that's 
that is a key piece to keep in mind. He is limitless, limitless, right? So spiritual disciplines, not a means to an end, right? Not a means to arriving. There are means to help you get deeper into your path of godliness to make you more Christ-like. Okay. Let's look at First uh, Timothy four. Find it here. Okay, we're gonna read First Timothy four. It says here, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed, at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith, one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many, and their conscience consciences, well, consciences won't bother them at all. They will require celibacy and dietary restrictions that God doesn't expect, for he created all foods to be received with the celebration of faith by those who fully know the truth. We know that all creation is beautiful to God, and there is nothing to be refused. If it is received with gratitude, all that we eat is made sacred by the word of God and prayer. It will teach you. It, excuse me. If you will teach the believers these things, you will be known as a faithful and good minister of Jesus, the anointed one. Nurture others in the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace, which you were taught. Be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends but instead be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. So don't be taken in by disciplines that don't directly lead you to Jesus. That has to be in this warning in the first seven verses here of 1 Timothy 4 is this warning against false teachers. Right? The litmus test that spiritual disciplines must pass is, does it point to Jesus? If it doesn't lead you to be more Christ-like, to be with Jesus, to be like him, then you need to get back on the path. You need to refocus back on him. Absolutely cannot stress it enough. If it doesn't point to Jesus, stop it. You have to stop it. It must point to him. Don't be taken in by by disciplines that don't point to him. All right, let's continue on in verse 8. For athletic training only benefits you for a short season, but righteousness brings lasting benefit in everything. For righteousness contains the promise of life for time and eternity. Faithful faithful is the word and everyone should accept him. So eating right, working out, not bad things, but they are not eternal, right? In 
going down the path of godliness and becoming more Christ-like, that is something that is eternal, right? Righteousness contains the promise of life, right? Because this existence here is just one facet of your eternal being. As believers, we are eternal right now. This is just one part of it. Faithful is the word and everyone should accept him. Another big thing, the Bible, we call it God's word, but the word is a person. The word is Jesus and everyone should accept him. Right? And that's part of what we're doing here, right? When you get into your spiritual disciplines and you get down that path of godliness and you become more Christ-like, you get to mirror that. You get to mirror him to the world. Your light gets to shine bright. So faithful is the word and everyone should accept him. Verse 10, for the sake of this ministry, we toil tirelessly and are criticized continually simply because our hope is in the living God. He is the wonderful life giver of all the children of men, and even more so to those who believe. Instruct and teach the people all that I've taught you, and don't be intimidated by those who are older than you. Simply be the example they need to see by being faithful and true in all that you do. Speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. This is this is going to uh, cross both of what we talked about earlier with spiritual disciplines being both personal and corporate. These verses here uh, with the instruction to Timothy to uh, teach the people all the things that I've taught you, all the things that Paul taught him. He wants uh, Timothy to take and instruct to the people. And he wants him to be an example. So you can imagine he is taking his own personal spiritual disciplines seriously to be a good example. And then taking that into the corporate world to be an example there as well. Because when we come together in oneness and everybody brings the fullness of who they are, big things happen. Big shifts happen. Uh, when you come together in oneness and everybody shows up with the fullness of, the, of what they carry, things move in the spirit realm. And when things move in the spirit realm, there is a direct uh, reaction in the natural realm as well. So it's important to, to maintain a good spiritual discipline in your personal life, as well as being able to bring that into the corporate life as well, into that oneness that we share. All right, verse 13. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God, be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. 
So there's three things right there, right? Devouring the word of God. Getting into to scripture. Reading it, praying about it, having conversations with Holy Spirit. What's he bringing out? Bringing your questions into oneness and see what other people have revelation to put into that. This is another uh, uh, facet of church that we are are wanting to change at Unedited Life. There is not one single person on the platform who is sharing. Because receiving revelation from just one person, you're going to miss out on a whole uh, wealth of wisdom that could be brought in. So talk to the other people you share oneness with, right? Devour the word of God. So that has to be taken two ways. You know, you need to be devouring Jesus, right? Just as much as you can. And also devouring scripture as well. Be faithful in prayer. Be praying. Yes, ravenous. Absolutely. That's a great word for it. Be ravenous in your devouring of Jesus and the scriptures. He said, be faithful in prayer. This is another discipline that is easy to kind of overlook in our personal lives. We don't set aside intentional time each day to be in prayer. Having conversations with God. This isn't a, um, this isn't bringing your needs list to God. He knows what that is, right? This is, this isn't about that. This isn't about, I need this. I want that. No, you can do that another time. Do that when you're, you know, multitasking your prayer. This prayer time that we're talking about is where you are entering into these conversations where you're doing less talking and more listening, more receiving, gaining more revelation and more wisdom from what it is Holy Spirit has to offer you as you get deeper on that path into godliness, as you become more Christ-like and then teaching the believers We all have something to share with people. And and that's the great thing about the kingdom, right? We've done a poor job of modeling that uh, in uh, churches here in in the U.S. That because, again, we have that one person up on the platform and we are all feeding from the trough of their revelation, which is usually incomplete, because the grace that's on their life is only one facet of the graces that are available in the kingdom. Right? So be prepared to share the revelation that you carry. Be prepared to share the wisdom that he's given you. Be prepared to offer that up to the people. Right? This is a a service that you uh, provide corporately as a spiritual discipline. 
Yes, that's absolutely 100% true. We are sharing whether we know it or not. Right. And if you aren't feasting on Christ, what is it you're offering up? What is it you're offering up if you're not feasting on Christ? And yes, you are absolutely sharing. All right. Uh, Verse 14 says, don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. Make all of this your constant meditation and make it real with your life so everyone can see that you are moving forward. Here's another one, meditation. And I want you to really look at this with Holy Spirit because um, when Christians a lot of times, not all Christians, but there are a lot, when they think about meditation, they think about some uh, new age thing that, uh, you know, clear your mind, all this other stuff. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about meditation. You're meditating on the scripture. So you're not clearing your mind. You're taking one thing and you're focusing on that and you're doing it with Holy Spirit. This isn't done just you alone, right? This time is a time of quiet. It's a time for you to be present again with Holy Spirit, but it's focused on one specific thing, right? That's what we talk about when we're talking about meditation. It says, give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished, cherished truth you teach for living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside you and to all those who listen to you, right? This is what I'm talking about when I say you have got to bring the fullness of who you are. If for whatever reason, there's something hindering you from bringing the fullness, you bring that into that space of oneness and say, I need all of you to rally around me right now. This is happening. It's, it's, wanting to push me into isolation. It's wanting to cause me to put a mask on and hide. But I refuse to do that. And I know that everyone around me is going to rally and break that thing off in prayer. Right then, right there. Because I want to bring the fullness of who I am into every situation. Because I want to release, I want released more abundant life inside of me and to you. Hard to be open straight away sometimes. Yes, it it can be difficult. But if you are in a place where you are sharing oneness with people, with other believers, and you have committed to that, Yeah, it's going to be hard to share, but how hard is it going to be to live in isolation or live hiding behind a mask? How much harder is that going to be? It's infinitely more difficult to hide and to be isolated, which is completely outside of the nature that you carry, than it is to open up in oneness. Sometimes you have to break the walls you put around yourselves. Yes, 
Um, I talked about this yesterday. I said, here's all my little bricks. I'm building a wall right now. Right. Oh, can't see me. I built the wall. Right. You can still see me. Of course. Because we build up walls in our own mind. They don't actually exist. Right. And so people can see through those things, see through those walls and see when something's wrong. But it's your responsibility to bring that into the light. As soon as you do, as soon as you bring it into the light, it's like a weight lifted off. Because now that thing's powerless. As long as you you hold on to something and refuse to bring it into the light, it's going to hold power over you. It's going to keep you down. It's going to keep you from being in fullness. Yeah. And to be blatantly honest, most of our walls are idols. That is absolutely correct. We, we tend to idolize some of these things and we make idols out of them. And that just, again, keeps you from showing up in fullness. Spiritual disciplines are not something done dutifully. They're not done to say, hey, look at me, look at me. I'm so, you know, religious or whatever, like the Pharisees did. That's not what it's about. Right? It's about connecting with the Father. It's about connecting with the Son and the Spirit. It's about being led down the path of godliness. Being like Jesus. Being with Jesus. That's what it's about, right? Get a hold of that today, right? Give careful attention to your spiritual life. It's, it is your responsibility to do so. There's no other way to say it. The responsibility for your spiritual life rests on you. You can have others hold, help hold you accountable to that. But it's not their responsibility. So pay attention to what Holy Spirit is saying when it comes to your spiritual dif- disciplines this week. Okay. Don't. Uh, say, oh, I'm going to redouble my efforts and, and and get into whatever, right? Get into scripture reading. What good is that really going to do you? Redoubling your efforts, that's pharisaical, right? That's not what it's about, right? You don't jump into something uh, without having a conversation with Jesus first, right? Uh, you may think, oh, I need to study scripture more. Like I said a minute ago, I just, I really need to be doing that. I haven't been doing that enough, but Jesus may want you to worship. He may want you to pray or he may want you to go serve somewhere. Maybe on his list of priorities for your life, reading scriptures is a little bit lower right now. Because he needs to connect with you in a different way. He desires to to see you 
come into fullness from a different route. So don't jump into something without having the conversation, right? We're not redoubling our efforts to do these things. It's, that's religious. And, and there's no heart connection. Again, that's pharisaical. And it's just, an, it's just for appearances, right? You have to keep in mind what good does it profit you uh, to be passionate for spiritual disciplines if the motivation to pursue godliness and Christ-likeness isn't what's driving you. Those need to be the driving factors behind what it is you're doing when it comes to spiritual disciplines. Yes, take the time to chill with Jesus. Just take that time. It pays off for sure. It definitely pays off. Right? So again, what good do spiritual disciplines do you if the motivation to pursue godliness and Christ-likeness uh, isn't what's driving you, right? It, it does you no good. You're right. Good answer. No good. All right. So uh, this week and even today, same thing I always say. Um, and if you're not following through with with these action steps that you can take, then you're missing it, right? So run, don't walk, don't delay, like you hear on commercials, right? But I'm serious. Don't delay on this. Dive deeper into the path of godliness, right? But do so first with a conversation with Jesus. Don't delay this week. Don't delay. Run into that conversation. He's, he's waiting to meet you there. He's ready. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for meeting with us this morning. I thank you for guiding us through this. I thank you for your discipline that instructs. I thank you for your discipline that corrects. And I thank you that through that we're empowered and given strength. I thank you that you are waiting to lead us down the path of godliness. That you're showing us how to be more Christ-like. I thank you for the privilege of being able to mirror you to the world. I thank you that you're waiting to meet each and every one of the people that come to you with passion. That just come wanting deeper connection with you. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Have a great week. And be sure to uh, check out Friday morning, 10 a.m., Life Up Here with Angie Peters. Don't want to miss that. All right. Bye.